At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio Show. As part of our Valentine's Day theme, my guest for this morning is Aya Fashola. She is the founder of The Sensual Siren. As a style coach, feminine leadership consultant, Ayo helps women bring sexy back into their lives. Ayo and I will be having a conversation about her life's journey and her mission to help women cultivate and express their femininity and sensuality with confidence to attract love, luck, and financial success through her three-step signature program, Style Your Star. Good morning, Ayo. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, Johnny. I am doing great. Thank you very much. Wonderful. That is fantastic. It is a pleasure to have you on the air with me this morning. Happy Valentine's Day to you. And I'm very excited to talk about today's topic. So congratulations on your company's success. Thank you. Thank you very much. Let us start by getting to know you a little better. Please give us a quick walkthrough of your life from childhood to the present moment. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it'll definitely be a a quick walkthrough. (laughs) Um, we have well, a whole hour now, so you can stop from the beginning <laughs> of time. I, don't wanna use, I just I want to make sure I'm not using like six forty minutes talking about my childhood either. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but really quick walkthrough. I'm I'm the firstborn of immigrant parents that mm-hmm. came to the U.S. Um, from Nigeria in the '80s. Um, oldest of five or six siblings. I think I lost I lose count sometimes. Um, Grew up, started out on the East Coast, then we moved to Texas in the um, 90s, and I've mm-hmm. pretty much been here ever since. I have, let, I have picked up and moved to other places like Atlanta, Chicago, D.C., but I've always made my way back home to, to Texas because my family, my family is here. Um, let me see what, what else, you know, college graduate, uh, but when I graduated from college, I decided to carve my own path. Um, mm-hmm. So I started. I started my business as in 2005, 2006. I started out as a makeup artist, and that evolved into image and fashion consulting. And mm-hmm. um, happened to be in a lot of closets during that time. I mean, there was this big show online called "What Not to Wear" and "How Do I Look." That was a show a lot of women were watching, so it was great advertising for my business because a lot of women were like, oh, have you, I've seen that show. I want to work with you. So it was perfect. <laughs> um, Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Right? So I, so I did a lot of uh, con- wardrobe consulting um, mm-hmm. in that time and got really big in the Dallas market. Um, but then, you know, my business started to evolve. I started to grow. And that's where the sensuous siren came about. I feel like it's the next stage in my growth and personal development. Um, mm-hmm, style, mm-hmm. Style, styling and uh, fashion consulting was very, very, uh, you know, aggressive, going out there, hustling, getting it done, knocking doors. And I was very much, I feel like I was very much in masculine energy mode when I was growing my business. But now mm-hmm, this next mm-hmm. stage of my business is now about me cultivating my femininity and my sensuality. And instead of being so aggressive and so like, got to get it, now it's more of what does the universe want to give me and what does the universe want to pour back into me? And so that's where the sensuous siren uh, came about. And that basically launched in 2018. Fantastic. That sounds wonderful. Give us an idea when you were growing up as a teenager, 
were you really into wardrobes and so forth and how that makes you feel? Oh, my goodness. That's, yeah, I mean, it, I did have to um, go back to high school. I was very stylish and fashionable in high school. Like, I mm-hmm. worked a job as a waitress. Um, I got my first job when I was, like, 14, 15 years old, and all of my money went to clothes. <laughs> I mm-hmm. was one of those high school kids that love dressing up. And this started around like 15, 16. I would mm-hmm. wear mm-hmm. like satin to class and silk dresses and satin dresses in high school. Like, you know, like I was in some luxurious fabrics. <laughs> <laughs> when I was 15, 16 years old. And so, uh-huh. um, I took that energy with me to college. I went to I went to college at Georgia Southern University in Statesboro, mm-hmm. and Atlanta is very fashionable, I guess, because of the, you know the black culture there. And so I was able to mm-hmm. develop my mm-hmm. fashion element um, in college. And so yeah, I was definitely very into style and fashion and sensuality and fabric, <laughs> even when I was in high school. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> That's interesting, though, because I'm sure there's a certain amount of what you call it, like, consciousness, right? Because you know how you wanted to look and so forth. But on the other hand, the flip side of the equation is you really don't know why. You just did it because it felt good. Correct. I think it was more I just connected to it from a feeling perspective, you know? Right. I don't know if it was conscious. I think I was just more in tune with how I felt. And I went with how I felt, you know, that, that I guess I was still very in tune with that part of me as a teenager and like society hadn't drummed that out of me yet. So, mm-hmm. you know, when I would buy clothes, I would buy very sensual fabrics, even as a 16, 17 year old, 15 year old, you know, I would buy really pretty dresses and ruffles and florals and pretty vibrant colors. I mean, yeah, even while my friends were running around in jeans and T-shirts, I was dressed. I mean, I would go. I would go see my hairstylist as a sixteen-year-old. <laughs> I would go see yeah. my hairstylist every week and get a cut. You know, like Tony Braxton. <laughs> Tony Braxton was raining at that time, and Tony Braxton used to uh-huh. wear my hair in this really defined signature cut, and I would get my mm-hmm. hair cut like that. And that's where all my waitress money went, to dressing up and looking good. <laughs> you know, now very, I'm trying to find money to now I'm trying to find money to look good now. I'm like, how's it that I had more money to dress up then than I do now and I'm older? <laughs> I'm supposed to have this figured out. <laughs> that's right. That's true. Very, very true. <laughs> when you look back at your interest in fashion, mm-hmm. at what point in your life that as a teenager at the time, because like I say, it started out as just been feeling good and I have the money. I'm not asking my parents for this extra cash to pretty much dress myself. Mm-hmm. So at what point did you truly kind of have this sort of uh, like, wait a minute now, I do want to look good. I feel good. And it became a conscious part of you living your life. Well, I mean, great question. I actually majored in fashion design when I got to college. Mm -hmm. Mm So when I got to Georgia Southern, my major was fashion design. I was like, I want to be a fashion designer. You know, (laughs) and yeah. (laughs) Like it went from high school. I mean, I actually enjoyed my home economics class in high school. It was the one Mm -hmm. class I enjoy out of all the classes that I went through, went to in high school. And this is where we had to sew a dress. And I still today remember the fabric. I remember sewing mm-hmm. it. So that lit something in me. And I majored in fashion design when I got to Georgia Southern. Um, so, you know, I had to transfer from Georgia Southern back to Texas. I went to the University of North Texas which mm-hmm. at that time was really known for its fashion, you know, fashion had a good fashion design program as well as a good music yeah. program. 
But then when mm-hmm. I started really getting in depth into studying fashion design, I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> I am in this, I mean, these were, these were, I mean, the preliminary work we had to do, like art and painting and drawing and sketching. I was just like, okay, this might be a bit much for what I had in mind for fashion design. So then I try to become a fashion, I try to study fashion merchandising, you know, mm-hmm. and I was just mm-hmm. like, okay, I could study fashion merchandising. And then I was just like, you know what? I don't need to study fashion merchandising to work in fashion merchandising. I mean, that's pretty much like a job at Nordstrom, pretty much. I don't think you need a degree mm-hmm. for that. And so my, I heard my friend talking about public relations. Yeah, and I that sparked something in me. I was like, "Ooh, PR! I could actually work in fashion <laughs> PR." <laughs> and by my junior year of college, I was a PR major. I decided to become a PR major, but that's the transition that had to take um, <laughs> to go to, to, to study PR. I was like, "Oh, I could do. I could." I can go to fashion shows, I can cover fashion events, I can write about it, I can have mm-hmm. photography taken of designers. I'm like, I don't have to actually sew the clothes. Cause, right. you know, so that was, that was how that journey became um, and where the fashion bug got lit was definitely in college. Very, very interesting. It turned into PR. Fantastic. That sounds really wonderful. Did your upbringing nurture and promote self-confidence? Um, you know, n- no. No. It, I, 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 I would have to say no. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, like I shared with you in the beginning, I'm an, um, I'm an immigrant. I'm a firstborn of immigrant parents from Nigeria, and um, it is not wise or it is not um, – customary for the women to have confidence, especially in relation to men. You know, women take a back seat. Women are usually not encouraged to speak up. Men are usually pretty dominant um, in their in their energy and in the way that they project themselves. And women just sort of do what women have culturally done. And... Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So no, my 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 childhood did not necessarily nurture um, and promote self confidence. Um, sometimes it is, is I remember being at home and my mother would want me to come to the kitchen to help her cook, but I'm like, but well, I got a mm-hmm. I got mm-hmm. I got a I've got a college exam tomorrow. I got to study, you know. So she'd get <laughs> mad at me because I wouldn't come in the kitchen to help her cook, but I'm like, but I got to study, you know. So, because in, in this culture, in the American culture, I don't, you can't afford to not be confident. That's the mm-hmm. thing. You can't afford to not be. Um, in, in, in Nigeria, you can afford to ne- not, ne- not to be confident because there's so many men around. So, you can eventually attach yourself to some guy and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and be submissive to him and let him take care of everything. But, you know, the American right. culture is not really conducive to that. Women work. Mm-hmm. Women pay their own bills. Women drive their cars. Women have their own credit cards. Women have jobs. You know, so, to, and then, of course, you have all these racial dynamics and social dynamics. Right. So to think that I could come in and think that, oh, I'm just going to be submissive. I'm just going to find that one guy and be totally submissive to him and not develop my confidence. I didn't see where that was possible. I didn't see where that mm-hmm. was possible. So I felt like I had no choice to de- but to develop my confidence, even though I was, it, it was not, um, my upbringing didn't nurture it. So, yeah. I believe even in my situation, of course, I came to the United States to go to college when I was 18, but I do understand the concept of the fact that that a lot of cultures in the world that women, you don't have to be, say, very uh, proactive about certain things. But now I'm sure life has changed in a way because women do need to take the lead for themselves as well as for their family in many, many ways. 
Right. Yes, fast forward today with social media, with all the mm-hmm. Instagram and the and the world becoming smaller, and, you know, a push for feminism has now spread across the ocean to mm-hmm. not only Asia but Africa and India. You have a lot more women today exerting themselves, you know, versus when I was coming up in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, mm-hmm. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't. A, it was looked down upon. I mean, I have friends today that are married with children, and you mm-hmm. know, they they chose the path of submitting to someone. You know, right. they look at me like right. I'm crazy. Like you don't have a husband, you're not married, you don't have kids. <laughs> I, I, apparently, I chose a different path, which a lot of women have now subscribed to. You right, know, and, right. And carving their own and carving their own lane. And mm-hmm. before that, the thing with me is like, I fall in a weird area, in a weird di- area. Like I'm, I'm a, gen- I'm considered a Generation X, but I am the youngest of Generation X. But I am the oldest of the millennials. So, you know, even carving a path that was challenging because Generation X live differently with different values than millennials. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, m- millennials are a lot more, the, the women millennials are a lot more independent. Very, very interesting. So coming back to all this that you have experienced yourself within that period of time growing up and sort of create your own identity, so to speak, mm-hmm. what life's epiphany really influenced you into a fashionista with a very nice touch of the leadership context to it and building this sort of behavior that I'm woman, I need to be in charge of myself, and I need to be proud and pure of who I am? Great question, Johnny. Um, I think all of this has, has made me realize that, you know, I don't have to trade in one for the other. I don't mm-hmm. have to be, you know, masculine, go get it, you know, ball breaker, <laughs> get it done, <laughs> get it done. Um, and I don't have to, you know, be so submissive and feminine that I'm a doormat. Like, I don't mm-hmm. have to fall in either extreme. I think that the ideal woman, in my opinion, and what life of epiphanies have come to me is that you need to be able to cultivate both energies within yourself in one. Mm-hmm. Basically, mm-hmm. It's, it's being balanced, it's being holistic, um, you know, it's being able to express elements of your femininity. And I do that in my wardrobe through the use of vibrant colors. You know, you don't see mm-hmm. men wearing vibrant colors. You don't see men wearing yellow pants and, you know, purple <laughs> purple shirts and green color. You don't see men doing it. So the things that men won't do is what I will do externally in my wardrobe. You, you won't see men wear skirts. I will wear skirts. You don't see men wear heels. I will wear heels, right? So <laughs> I can still create the contrast that I am a woman, and I own my womanhood in the way that I dress. I'm not afraid to be a woman. But also at the same time, like I teach my clients, self-esteem comes from taking personal responsibility for your life. Mm-hmm. That's where mm-hmm. self-esteem comes from. It doesn't have to be masculine or feminine, but no matter what you are, having a healthy self-esteem is step one. And that comes from taking personal responsibility for your life, period, whether you are a man mm-hmm. or a woman. So not only can I take personal responsibility for my life, but I can do it in a feminine way. And I think that that's where the leadership comes in. You know, women have mm-hmm. been sold uh, uh, this message that if they're feminine, it means they're passive. It means they can't take action on their lives. It means they can't move forward. It means that they always have to seek permission from someone. You know, like even you know, I was in the process of moving this weekend. I was selling a few of my, my things. 
And I had a lot of women go, oh, well, let me ask my husband or let me talk to my husband about it or let me ask my husband about it. Sometimes for things as low as 50 bucks, you know, or something Mm -hmm. as low as $100, it's not like you need to ask your husband. You know, I mean, how, that's weird to me. (laughs) <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like a woman should still be able to own her financial power, period. Mm-hmm. Because what is if your husband is not in a position anymore? What is if he passes away? What is if he's in an accident? What is if he can't step up? What about mm-hmm. your ability to step up as a woman when that time comes? You have to cultivate that. So, A, taking personal responsibility for your life with a healthy mm-hmm. self-esteem. And B, if you're going to express your femininity, you know, wear beautiful colors. I see so many women in black and gray and brown and navy blue. And you wonder where the women are in a sea of people. Like, where are, where are the, you have to look so hard to see who's the man or who's the woman, you know? <laughs> it's true, when you, especially when you go to an event of 50 to 100 people, Women are, they're in black. They're dressed like the men. So I feel like for, for fashionista, and you don't have to be a fashionista to wear colors. It's available to everybody. And there's no law against it. There's no law mm-hmm. against wearing mm-hmm. color. There's no, you're not breaking any laws, or, and there's no prejudices against color. Women, should, women can embrace it. As a leader, I tell them, you have permission to embrace color. Very, very interesting. By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on Apple's iTunes, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, Google Play, and TuneIn Radio. I'm Johnny Tan, your host, and my guest for this morning is Ayo Fashola. She is the founder of The Sensuous Siren. As a style coach, feminine leadership consultant, Ayo helps women bring sexy back into their lives. We're having a conversation about her life's journey and her mission to help women cultivate and express themselves with confidence to attract love, luck, and financial success through her three-step signature program, Style Your Star. Ayo, let's go back to when you talk about colors. I love the fact that you're able to correlate colors with a certain amount of emotional confidence that we have. So when did you find this correlation between what you are wearing and your emotional confidence? And that's a great question. So thank you, Johnny. Um, well, you know, when I became an image consultant, I learned um, that um, there is a psychology to color. You know, um, everything radiates energy, everything radiates, mm-hmm. radiates an essence. And color even more so. And as an image consultant, one of the things when I was doing image consulting, you know, one of the things I would share with my clients is, you know, color affects the way you feel, but color also affects the way others feel about you. Color is the most potent form of communication. You know, before we could speak as babies, Everything around us spoke in color. Everything that we, that wants to be recognized, acknowledged, seen, is in color. Like I was asking a friend the other day, you know, would you eat an apple if it was black? <laughs> would you eat a pineapple if it was black? Would you eat a papaya if it was black? You would think it was spoiled and rotten and you'd throw it away. <laughs> you know, you you would. I mean, everything, color entices us. Color pulls us in. Color is inviting. Color, and that's the reason why God made fruits and vegetables and um, everything that is good for you. <laughs> everything that is good for you <laughs> is in color. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I mean, even God took the time out to make an eggplant in a purple, like God took the time out to do that, like in a beautiful deep, shiny purple an eggplant mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and even all the planets in the galaxy are in color I mean, Neptune in the galaxies of 
beautiful blue. And Uranus, the planet, is like this light, light sky blue, you know, and um, Mars is a red color. Like, so color is so important, and it affects our emotional state. It affects the emotional state of others. And I tell my clients, you can say everything without saying anything using color. Once you understand what colors mean, then you can use color consciously to say what you want to say. So when you get it in, when you go, when you get in your closet, you know my 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 clients that are like, oh my god, I have all these clothes, I don't know what to wear. Well, why don't you take a step back and ask yourself? How am I feeling today? Are you feeling are you feeling confident? You, know, you gotta check in with yourself. This is this is what keeps you from, from being on living life on autopilot. Ask yourself, how am I feeling today? Am I feeling confident today? Am I feeling like I could take on the world? Well then why don't you grab that red sweater you have hanging in the back of the closet that you haven't even looked at in a couple of months since you're feeling confident? Oh, are you feeling very creative, very spiritual, very in tune? Why don't you grab that purple? There are messages to color. These things, you know, these, this information is available for free online. And even different cultures have different meanings for color. What red may mean in the American culture is different from what red will mean in the Chinese culture. So mm-hmm. being mindful and being aware, color helps you to take a step back and be mindful and aware of not only your relationships around you here in America, but also your relationships abroad. Because, again, what color means here in America to one person will mean something different in another culture. Very, very interesting. Uh, Some of your favorite fashion designers and stylists that you admire. Um, favorite fashion designers. I am a, I've been a huge fan of, um, I like Balenciaga. Uh, Michelle mm-hmm. Obama has been known to wear Balenciaga. She wore Balenciaga during her um, Becoming book tour. She looked stunning mm-hmm. in Balenciaga. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also been a huge fan of, um, I like Prada. I like Italian designers. I like Prada. I like Giorgio Armani. I like Gucci. I like, um, who else do I really like? I like, um, what's her name? Tracy, I can't remember her last name, but she does really pretty African-American design. I can't remember her last name. I like Lena LaCour, very romantic designer. There's not any really stylist that I admire, but I definitely like these fashion designers. Combe Garçon. I like it. Oh, Rick Owens. I like Rick Owens. Um, yeah, those are just some people. Stella McCartney. I like Stella McCartney's stuff. Paul McCartney's daughter. He has a beautiful mm-hmm. collection of clothing. Um, uh, yeah. And then Valentino. Very I love his Valentino shoes, the Valentino heels. <laughs> I can't wait to own some myself one of these days. Very, very soon. Very interesting. Well, let me answer this. How does sensuality relate to self-confidence? How does sensuality relate to self-confidence? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I mean, sensuality, so now we're, we're, we're moving past fashion, and now <laughs> we are. Because <laughs> fashion attracts the person to you. Right, fashion okay. attracts people to you because it's what you wear on the outside and it's how you look. Sensuality is, which is now when you're ready to really engage this person on an intimate level, and sensuality mm-hmm. is all about being in tune with who you are and in tune with your lover, in tune mm-hmm. with who you are and in tune with your lover. After as a woman, you sifted through all the men that have been attracted to your beautiful, vibrant colors like bees to a flower, and you decide to pick one of those bees because <laughs> there are so many bees. <laughs> there are so many bees trying to pollinate your flower. You go, you go okay, I'll pick you, bee. 
then now it's sensuality is this dance. It's being in tune with yourself. It's being in tune with your lover. It's being it's mm-hmm. being present. It's being connected to all of your five senses. And so it you have to be confident. You have to be confident in your sensuality. You have to be confident that not only do you know yourself well enough, but you also either know your lover well enough or you're going to take the time to really get to know your lover, what turns them on, what they're into, what they enjoy, what moves them, what excites them. Um, it's, it's about being unselfish, and you have to have confidence to be unselfish. If you lack mm-hmm. confidence, you're going to be very all about you. You're going to be very all about you. But when you are confident, you could be more about the other person because you know it takes nothing away from you. Very interesting. So when does sexy make it into the equation? Ooh. Okay. <laughs> when does sexy make it into the equation? Um, mm-hmm. Sexy sexy is an, it's an attitude. It's uh, it, it, it's because at the end of the day, we are all still very primal. We all are still very primal beings. And, uh, you know, a lot of us can get really overly sophisticated and really overly analytical. Everything is about data. I mean, even down to the dating apps. The dating apps today are all about, you know, who's swiping right and who's swiping left and, you know, how many Asian men are being swiped on and how many black women are being swiped on. They're measuring this stuff. It's all data. But what people don't understand is that we've been having sex since the beginning of time, before data. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) we've been procreating since 0.1 billion years. Mm -hmm. You know, this Mm -hmm. this is nothing brand new. and And sexy is being able to get back to basics in terms of how mm-hmm. you present yourself. Number one, women, men, men still want you to be fit. Men still want you to take care of your body. Men still want you to smell good. You know, men are still turned on by what they see physically, you know, um, even down to your to your physical body parts as a woman, you know your curves, mm-hmm. your cleavage, your breasts, your butt, your legs. You know these mm-hmm. are things about you that you can play up in order to tantalize and attract your significant other or mm-hmm. significant other that you desire. I think that because of the American culture is so puritanical, or it was. Founded mm-hmm. on puritanical beliefs, and because of the religious society, and because of Catholic and religion and Christianity, a lot of women suppress this side of them. They forget to get back to basics. Men are turned on by the visual. That's what's going to draw him to you. Of course, your personality and all the other stuff he's going to get to know. <laughs> You still need to put up a stop sign. Hello, in red, stop <laughs> sign, stop. You still need the stop <laughs> sign, and he's going to keep going. <laughs> right? So <laughs> women forget to be a stop sign. So <laughs> if, and they're so caught up in this left brain analytical, trying to analyze everything, that they forget their primal instinct. So that's where the sexy comes in. It's a feeling, it's an attitude, it's owning your body, it's, it's releasing society's messaging about who you're supposed to be to have what you want. This has already been figured out since Cleopatra, since Joan of Arc, since, um, you know, Madame Nicole, Nic- I can't it starts with an N. These women have already figured it out for us. There's no reason today a woman ought to not have the passionate, juicy relationships that she wants. Now, getting married is a whole other subject, and I couldn't even tell you how to crack that ice because I haven't even cracked it. But, <laughs> but a woman can have lovers. She, 
she can attract lovers. Mm-hmm. I mean, she may choose one lover, but there's no reason why a woman can't have, should be able to have at least that part of her life figured out because women mm-hmm. in history have already figured this out. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cleopatra was able to wrap Julius Caesar and Mark Anthony around her fingertips, and she wasn't necessarily a quote-unquote beautiful woman by society standards. She wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. pretty, but she knew how to work her sex appeal. She knew what did for these men in order for her to maintain her crown. And she did what she had to do. And she wasn't ashamed of it or shied away from it, which is what I find mm-hmm. in women today. So that's where the sex needs to come back. You know, and I get it. Women are afraid. They're afraid of what men <laughs> think. I mean, I get it. Women are afraid of other mm-hmm. women. Women are afraid of other mm-hmm. women because they're afraid of the cattiness. They're afraid of losing girlfriends. They're afraid of women being jealous and envious of them. So women cover up because they don't mm-hmm. want to lose their friendships. But the women are afraid of men. Men can be sometimes overly aggressive when a woman is sexy. Men can be extra forward, you know. Mm-hmm. So, But that's the reason why a woman has to find her own unique element of what sexy means to her. You don't walk around mm-hmm. naked. You don't do that because then that, you're just inviting everything. But you can cultivate mm-hmm. some sexy aspect, whether it's your, maybe you play up your legs and that's it. You know, maybe you play up your arms and that's it. Or your neck, that's it. Or your back. Some sexy element that you can, you can play up that lets, you know, the opposite sex know that. I am I am open and ready to play if you are the right person. Interesting. Very interesting. Did you ever feel unsexy? Have I ever felt unsexy? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean I mean have I ever felt unsexy? I mean there are times where I haven't felt like I haven't felt like my most alluring, you know. There are times I've, I, I, haven't, I've felt, I haven't felt like my most alluring or my most sexy. Um, and I think we all have days like that where we don't want to be bothered and we want to be left alone. Um, but again, you know, sexy is a really basic primal instinct. I mean, you know, every, everybody has it. And I don't think that there's anything you can do other than to not take care of yourself. If you don't take care mm-hmm. of yourself, you're gonna be you're gonna feel unsexy. And there are times where I've, you know, could have been a little bit more disciplined in my workouts, or <laughs> better. I could have eaten better, or or whatever. But yeah, I I I, I don't think you can be sexy a hundred percent of the time. I've had my days. Is there a difference between sexy and beautiful? Yes, there is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about Johnny. You can walk into an art, a museum, and see a beautiful sculpture, right? Maybe it's uh, mm-hmm. the, the painting, the colors of the painting are vivid and done well, and you could say, "Wow, this is beautiful," but it doesn't necessarily mean it's sexy, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel the difference between the beautiful and the sexy is that you have to be living and breathing. You have to be a living, breathing mechanism. That's what's so exciting about all of this. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's so That's exciting true. about That's all true. of this. You got to be living and breathing. You can't be sexy if you're dead. Now, you could be a beautiful mm-hmm. carcass. I mean, not a beautiful carcass. Yeah, you could yeah. be beautiful in your, in your, in your coffin. Because they can mm-hmm. see your makeup and put on, put you some nice clothes and make sure that your parting is, you know, you look good in your parting. But you gotta be living and mm-hmm. breathing to be sexy. It comes from deep within. It comes from a deep place of being so connected to source, so connected to your power, so connected right, right. to um, who you are, and knowing that you have the power to pull a man or a woman to you. Um, that's, I mean, knowing that you have that power is sexy. And mm-hmm. using mm-hmm. it and leveraging it and harnessing it is sexy. It's, it's the application. It's being alive. It's being 
as Abraham Hicks would say, tuned in, tapped in, and turned on. I love mm-hmm. when Abraham, are you familiar with Abraham Hicks? Yes. I, lo- I love when she says that. You've got to be tuned in, tapped in, and turned on. That's the sexy. That's the juice. That's the spice. You can't be a walking zombie and be sexy. There are a lot of people that are walking dead. Mm-hmm. Completely mm-hmm. checked out of life. Turned off from life. They're not sexy. Can someone be beautiful and yet not sensual? Yeah, I mean, it's the same. I mean, you have a beautiful, I'm looking at a beautiful mirror right now. It's not sexy. I'm looking at this beautiful painting of, um, you know, I mean, although I'm looking at this painting of Marilyn Monroe, and she's sexy. She just exudes sensuality and that sexiness and that femininity. She just exudes that so strongly. And it's just, a, it's a portrait. Not only is she beautiful, but she's sexy. But again, she's owning her, you know, her, her skin is, her shoulders are bare. You can see a hint of cleavage. Her mouth is parted. You know, her hair mm-hmm. is tousled without looking like she's trying too hard. You know, so you can be beautiful and sexy. You can be beautiful and not sexy. And you can be unbeautiful and sexy. Cleopatra was an example. She wasn't necessarily beautiful. <laughs> But she was yeah. sexy. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Yeah. You're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on Apple's iTunes, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, Google Play, and TuneIn Radio. My guest is Ayo Fashola. She is the founder of the Central Siren. As a spouse coach, feminine leadership consultant, Ayo helps women bring sexy back into their lives. We're having a conversation about her life's journey and her mission to help women cultivate and express themselves with confidence to attract love, luck, and financial success through her three-step signature program, Style Your Star. I'm your host, Johnny Tan. Ayo, please tell us about your magnetic Maryland Style Yourself 90-day program. Sure, I'd be happy to. So... My Magnetic Maryland Style Your Star in 90 Days program is designed to help um, other female leaders like myself mm-hmm. um, develop feminine magnetism and that sexy self-confidence that they may have lost or have lost, um, which can happen in your journey through life. You know, we get bombarded with kids and children and family and work that we lose our connection to ourselves. And I've had a lot of women who have been through my program that that was exactly what was going on in their lives. They just completely lost connection to themselves and they wanted to reconnect back to who they once were and then go from there. And so that's what we do in, in our 90-day program. We, I cover three major areas, confidence, radiance, and power. Um, the confidence part is, is helping my female leaders um, become confident in their personal appearance. So it's setting new goals, setting new objectives when it comes to all areas of, of their personal appearance, from their hair, makeup, clothing, shoes, accessories. Um, sometimes we hold on to an old identity of who we once were, and our clothes are no longer a reflection of who we are today or who we want to be. So it's, it's mm-hmm. coming back to that, okay? You're setting new fresh goals and moving forward from there. The radiance part is helping my female leaders connect to their femininity and their sensuality. So there are give advice, there there's resources I share, um, homework assignments, um, I introduce other coaches that are, are experts on the topic of femininity and sensuality. I offer them more resources in that area so they can deepen, because that's really what it is when it comes to the, the radiance part. You have to deepen your knowledge in that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you may you know get some new colors, some new, some new shoes, and you know, new hair, and, and that's all. That's all surface stuff, right? That's all surface mm-hmm. stuff, but the feminine radiance part, you got to deepen. you got to deepen your knowledge in that area. 
It requires study. It requires reading. It requires resources. It requires working with other coaches, maybe a voice coach, maybe a walking in heels coach, maybe a, you know, maybe a, um, a relationship love coach. So I, I share additional mm-hmm. resources for my clients. Maybe the sex coach, sex therapy, who knows, right? So wherever <laughs> they feel like they have blocks, wherever they feel like they have blocks, when it comes to their femininity and sensuality, I offer resources. And then the power is basically saying, okay, how do we now apply this confidence and sensuality? How do we apply it in other areas of your life? So I'm, I'm sure supporting my client and sharing goals um, and setting goals in other areas of their lives where they can have more confidence. Is that work? How can they have more confidence at home, in their relationships, in business, um, in their day-to-day? Um, how Are they living according to their values? How can they leverage mm-hmm. Um, how can they leverage what they have access to um, to gain more so that they have more power in their lives? So mm-hmm. that is um, the mag- – the ideal is for us to be done in 90 days if we work together um, every week or every other week. Um, but for some clients, it can extend as much as six months depending on their time schedule I try not to to go past six months. Six months we should be done at most. But the ideal is for us to be completed, for us to finish working in 90 days, you know, if, if given her availability. Mm-hmm. The result of the program is, you know, in, it, it shifts her from going after what she thinks she wants to now attracting love and not necessarily a romantic relationship. But just loving relationships in general, love, luck. Sometimes mm-hmm. you gotta make room for serendipity. You gotta make room for synchronicity. Mm-hmm. Gotta make room for that, and financial success. I mean, you can chase money all day, but it's so much more fun if you attract it to you because you always attract what you need when you need it. But you gotta be open mm-hmm. to that, and that's where my program helps you to become more open to what you need and want. Fantastic. That yeah. sounds terrific. Coming back to colors, we know what red is all about because red sort of like is a major attraction and it really sort of sets certain things vibrant, speaks about self-confidence and so forth. Mm-hmm. How about purple? What does purple say about someone? Because I know you brought up the color purple just now. Oh, yeah, I did. Um, purple is a very royal color. It's a very dignified mm-hmm. color. Um, a lot of uh, priests, you'll find a lot of priests and pastors and churches and bishops will wear purple. Um, it signifies creativity, spirituality, um, intuition. It's, when, if you, when it's very, very spiritual, very, someone who's really connected to their psychic abilities, you know, like, like psychic, mm-hmm. in terms of psychic intuit, intuitive abilities. Someone who's deeply connected to that uh, will will use purple quite heavily. Interesting. What are some of the challenges women face in redoing their style? Um, that's a great question. Um, I would say the biggest challenge for a lot of women is overcoming their limiting beliefs. You know, Abraham has to say you're 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 arguing for your limitations. Why? Why? Why are you arguing for your limitations? So what if you are 5 or 10 or 15 pounds overweight? So what? I mean, the reason why is because you need to shift your mindset, and that's more the reason why we need to work together. The, the reason, you know, you're doing this whole online dating thing and you don't understand why you have to pay for your own coffee every time you go on an online, you know, you go on these dates. Again, you're arguing for your limitations. You can't take action first. You have to do the work on your, you have to change your mindset and you have to change your belief first. And then everything else is inspired action. Then you'll be ready for that new color that, you know, if it changes hairstyle or wardrobe style, then you'll be ready to revamp and refresh. But the mindset and the belief start first. And a lot of women, 
don't correlate the two. Basically, the posit- having mm-hmm. a positive self-image is so key. Is the foundation is number one. And a lot of women are not taught the value in having a positive self-image. A lot of women are so used to putting others first, are so used to putting the needs and the wants of other people first. Um, or, again, go back to what we were talking about in the very beginning about a culture that doesn't nurture self-confidence, mm-hmm. right? a culture that puts women um, second fiddle to men, a culture that promotes that women get paid less on the dollar than men for the same job. So when you constantly have these messages that are reinforcing women as second-class citizens, a lot of women don't see where the opportunity is to do the work on their mindset and their beliefs first. They just don't. Mm-hmm. I, I had a, a woman the other day, um, we were talking about how confidence is so important, you know, even when a she wants to start dating in her relationship with men, and she was just like, but aren't men more attracted to women who are fragile and who have low self-esteem and who don't know what they want and they don't have any, they don't know what they want to do. Don't, aren't, don't, aren't those the kind of men, um, women that men want? I mean, and this is an, she was an HR person telling me this. Mm-hmm. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh, my goodness, wow. You know, like, this is, this is where their challenge is. This is the reason why women are so stuck at having the type of relationships and love. It, it's not supposed to be hard. It's not supposed mm-hmm. to be hard. As a woman, it's not your birthright to toil and, you know, get your hands in the dirt. It's not your birthright as a woman to do that and play that role. I mean, it's not. Mm-hmm. But if you have those beliefs that men want women that are have low self-esteem and who lack confidence and that are fragile and, you're not going to do the work necessary to become the woman that you desire to be, to have the kind of man that you want. You're not. You're not going to do the work. If you think all no. men prefer women with low self-esteem who lack confidence, then you are now a vibrational match to the men who prefer women with low self-esteem who lack confidence. And now you're assuming that all men are like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're assuming that all men want women like that. No, you're a match to men that are like that. There are men, there is a man for every type of woman. For, so if you're a confident woman, you're a feminine woman, you're a sexy woman, you're an alluring woman, you're a proud woman, there's a man that is a match to who you mm-hmm. are. So that's the challenge, I would say, Johnny, is women mm-hmm. undoing the messaging that they've received from society about who they should and what they should have, period. A lot of undoing of the mindset. Where can someone go to get more information about you, your program, and keep up with your latest happenings? Well, the great place to keep up with me is um, my website, www.thesensuous.com. Siren.com. Um, that is where everything happens on my wheelhouse. Um, I would give you my social media profiles, but as of 2019, I said I was not really going to do social media much anymore. I have found it to be distracting, and I want to pour more of my creative energy you know, into my website, more articles, more writing. Um, I highly suggest suggest subscribing to my um, newsletter. That way you mm-hmm. can hear about master classes. You can hear about events. You can get the latest blog posts. You can listen to this great um, interview from Johnny, Blog Talk Radio. You can listen to that when you get the newsletter. So I highly suggest uh, subscribing. And, again, the website is www.thesensualsiren.com. Uh, for more info. Fantastic. What advice can you give to ladies and gentlemen for this Valentine's Day? 
Ooh, what advice would I give the ladies and gentlemen? Ladies, oh my gosh. You hear this over and over again, but self-love, self-love, self-love. Put you first. Make extreme self-care your number one priority. Get those nails painted. Get that hair cut in a great style. Get that facial. Get your eyebrows waxed. You know, work out, do an extra push-up, an extra squat. Look good. Feel good. It's the foundation and the basis of all. Men, for Valentine's Day, don't complain about Valentine's Day. Don't complain about giving on Valentine's Day. I see this on social media all the time. Why do why do women have to be the one that gets stuff on Valentine's Day? You know, I mean, we just gave you guys Super Bowl. You know, she probably got all the hot wings and the fries and probably cooks for all your friends. And, you know, she probably put in a lot of work for Super Bowl to happen for you and all of your friends, which is a one-time event every year. Guys, Valentine's Day is her Super Bowl. You know, (laughs) it's a a one-time event every year, and we all know you guys do we, you guys, all, men always say, oh, but Valentine's should be every day. But you know what? Life gets busy, and Valentine's isn't every day. You don't have the time to be every day. So just want to show out for her, you know, on this one day, just like she showed out for you Super Bowl day, okay? That would be my advice for both men and women. Women practice extreme self-care, and men Giving is attractive. Give to your woman. It doesn't take anything away from you. Fantastic. By the way, we're coming close to the end of the hour. Since our show is about people, family, and living life, would you like to share a recipe for living with our listeners this morning? Yes. And come alive with color. I mean, that's my recipe for life. Come (laughs) alive with color. Wear more color, ladies. Bring color more in your wardrobe. Just it just it'll make you feel great. I'll stop with that. It'll make you feel great. Wear more color. Not this. Fantastic. That's really wonderful. I am spending this hour with the um from my mama's kitchen talk radio. To all our listeners, please join me next Tuesday morning, February nineteenth. My guest will be Daniel Bruce Levin. He is the author of the critically acclaimed book The Mosaic, an inspiring call for connection and shared wisdom. As a former director of business development for Hay House Publishing, the publisher of books for Dr. Deepak Chopra, Dr. Wayne Dye, and other thought leaders, Daniel took the company from $3 million in annual revenue to $100 million per year and helped the company achieve global recognition. Dell and I will be having a conversation about his life's journey and his current work in bringing people together by showing them everyone is a part of a coherent world. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to fmmktalkradio.com. Ayo, it has been a true pleasure. Happy Valentine's Day again to you, and thank you, and have a blessed day. Thank you so much, Johnny. Thank you for this great interview. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. 
dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted.